Yeah. It could be called a, a, a leap of faith or a step of faith. So this is where we're going today. Uh, how about taking that, that leap of faith, that step of faith with me? How about us going there together? That kind of heart in your mouth, living on the edge experience, that stepping off the edge of your comfort zone uh, into something which is of a totally different nature. Well, what we're saying in these days, in this broad place, is that God is raising our expectation that he'll... uh, not only what he will do for us, but what he wants from us in our commitment to him in these things. I think uh, God takes a very positive view about what he's he's got in store for us, the things that he's got planned for us, uh, what he's going to do with us. And uh, I believe that he'll lead us into situations that we aren't used to. Uh, And we'll see things that we weren't expecting to see. And we could be used by God to kind of flip things on their head, completely turn things around, which I'm talking about seeing people that are trapped set free, praying for people and seeing them healed, loving people and seeing them renewed. I think in this time that we should set our expectations for God showing us a, a, a whole new world. Not to settle where we are, but to see what he's got for us in coming days. It's a magic carpet. It's lovely. You, uh, you don't want to go for a ride, do you? We could get out of the palace, see the world. Is it safe? Sure, do you trust me? What? Do you trust me? Yes. I can show you the world Shining, shimmering, splendid Tell me, princess, now when did you last let your heart decide? I can open your eyes, take you wonder by wonder, over sideways and under, on a magic carpet ride, a whole new
I don't know what things are coming to. <laughs> I heard more participation in that than when we seen the... Yeah. You see, when God takes us and leads us, we enter a whole new world. Uh, that's the point, not just the song. And uh, it's true that we, we don't know how to get there. Uh, Obviously, we're not talking about a magic carpet, but we are talking about being led by the Spirit of God uh, into something which is uh, exciting and different. I, I tend to have certain things um, which are lodged in my own memory, and you will probably hear them on numerous occasions, which is your privilege. <laughs> um, but the... I guess when I was first discovering some of these things, it just transformed um, the whole concept, the whole idea from uh, attending meetings to actually walking with God in the context of life. And... I've told you before, at that stage you're doing a lot of work on the streets and with runaways and um, people addicted to drugs and various criminal activities and things like that. And there was this particular occasion when we'd met a couple of lads that had run away and we'd had some contact with them and it was positive and then they'd then they'd wandered off. All we knew that they were in London. Now, London was much smaller then. It was only about 7.8 million people. So it was, it was much smaller. And I can't think who, but somebody in our team said, we, God would have us go and find these two boys. And all we knew that they were in London. If I remember correctly, I think I was ill in bed at the time and they phoned me and got me up to go. And I can remember going off with somebody with me, I can't remember who it was, and leaving behind an argument about the... It just wasn't sensible, it was just silly, it was just ridiculous. So there was that wise counsel on the one hand and this crazy endeavour on the other hand. And so we said, Lord, where do we go? We went, I think, to Trafalgar Square because, you know, that's London. And I can remember getting there 
and parking and then realising, no, we shouldn't be here. It's somewhere else. And we went to Piccadilly Circus. And it's teeming with people. Um, and uh, basically, as people are going back, you couldn't really find people. There's so many people around. And lo and behold, right in front of us, these two boys came across. And we were able to uh, meet them again and, and help them and be involved with them. And I think it was a, like an initiation to say there is a way that God has. There is a being led of his spirit which takes us out of the norm. It wasn't a sensible thing to do. It was a ridiculous thing to do. But it was a God thing to do on that occasion. And that opened up a, a whole period of time where God would show us a particular uh, person, maybe one of the people that we'd had contact with on the streets, and would direct us, that's the person you need to see tonight. And time and again, we would go along and we'd drive down the road, probably in the roads in Dagnum, and, and just as we passed an alleyway, that particular person would come out and uh, we'd have contact with them because they weren't people that you wouldn't go to their house and knock on and say, you know, is Jimmy here? Um, that wasn't the kind of uh, setting that we were operating in. And it said something which I follow and believe that it's part of God's plan for us that we should be directed, led by the Holy Spirit in the connections we make, the actions we take, the things that we do. And time and again, uh, in the course of my life, I would get a particular sense, this is the person that I need to see. This is the thing that I need to do. And I find that to be far more exciting than anything else. But we need that leadership. We don't know how to do it. Um, it, it would be quite depressing if there was a place to go, a lifestyle that God has for us, and yet there was no way of getting there. Well, the good news, of course, is that God doesn't leave us uh, to wander aimlessly, but he sent the Holy Spirit to lead us. And uh, it's, almost, it's almost like the magic carpet. It takes us out of, the, out of the norm, out of the predictable, into the supernatural, which is what God has prepared for us. In order to do that, of course, we have to... Uh, give over control and then hold on to our hat because it's, uh, you know, it's quite a, uh, an exciting ride. But as we go through this thing today, as always, I don't want it to be just a listening, just an impartation or a sharing of information, but I want us to reach the point and we'll have, we'll give opportunity to actually take that leap of faith, to make that decision. So you find yourself uh, soon after that in a situation which is outside your comfort zone. Doesn't that sound exciting? <laughs> Just look at your little faces right now. Uh, uh. Here's the truth. Being led of the Spirit is normal, usual, supernatural living. We're not talking about some additional thing. We're talking about what God has planned for us, what he's chosen for us.
So we have to be willing to set aside our usual living and living which is based on, I don't know, logic or emotion. And we have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit in order to and be sensitive and be ready uh, to be led by him. So let's have a look at that. It's a normal plan that God has ordained for us to follow. Yeah? Yeah? We agree with that, don't we? In theory. <laughs> but this is about coming into the practice. Romans 8 tells us that uh, those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Well, anybody here a son of God? Yeah, see, you've got the qualification. The Bible teaches in 1 Thessalonians 5 that we're um, spirit, soul, and body. Um, and it's important that we, we keep that in mind. It's also important to keep in mind that it's in the plan of God that we're led by the Spirit. We're not separated. It's His Spirit communes with our spirit. All right? Now, the danger is that we can be led by the body or the soul. But it's the plan of God that we're led by the Spirit because of his communing with our spirit. If we're led by the body, by our body, the result is very simple. Disobedience. It, doesn't, it does not, um, we do not fulfill what God wants if we're led by the body. In fact, the Bible says, um, it warns us, it says, don't make it provision for the, fre- for the flesh. Um, in Romans thirteen fourteen, being over-concerned with our physical well- welfare, our comfort, our, well, that's, you know, I normally have a lay-in today. Well, I'm tired. But that would mean missing my dinner. Um, but, you know, this is, this is a bit uncomfortable. Uh, this, uh, this takes me outside of my normal friendship group where I'm, where I'm comfortable. I prefer the kind of, you know, it's, it's easier just to be there with the people that I know and the people that I'm comfortable with and, and the people that I've got uh, to enjoy and enjoy spending time with. See, in, the, in this time, we have... In the goodness of God, and this is, this is the frightening thing, in the goodness of God, we could decide this is a great place. God is blessing. This, we're enjoying this. And we could end up seeking to build, if you like, our resting place, our tabernacle, in the, in the middle of the broad place. But God calls us to be right out on the edge, kind of taking new ground moving into new things, living on the edge rather than uh, being comfortable, pushing out the boundaries. Now, the result of being led by the soul, and the soul is like the intellect, the will, the emotion, is the same. This is great news, disobedience. You see, God's way... Is the right way. It's exciting, it's thrilling, it's wonderful, it's frightening, 
there is another way which is not the right way. And it's the idea that we could kind of span the two is not a brilliant place to be because we are then spanning between obedience and disobedience. So in terms of uh, being led by the soul, uh, by intellect or a will or emotion, the Bible tells us, don't lean on your own understanding. It's basically God saying, look, my friend, uh, I have equipped you to be able to obey I have not equipped you to be able to understand. And if we think with our little finite minds, we can understand the infinite mind of God. And we've all probably dropped into this. I'm sure, you know, Lord, oh Lord, do you understand this, what I'm facing? Do you understand the, the problem I'm in? Do you, Lord, do you understand what I'm going through? <coughs> And then you step back and you're asking the creator of the whole universe if he has understanding of your itsy-bitsy little teeny-weeny life and problem when he actually made you in the first place. So if we are led other than by the spirit, if we're led by the soul, then basically we're going right against that uh, encouragement to lean not to our understanding because it leaves us open to manipulation. It leaves us open to living in the mind, the sense realm. In fact, it's kind of like it interferes with us hearing from God. Um, Rather like, you know, in some situations, uh, they manage to to jam the radio waves uh, so that you can't pick up a particular uh, radio program or uh, you can't use your um, cell phone in a particular place. It spoils it. It also... Uh, means that we have the great danger of getting involved in things which look good, feel good, but they're not God, which the Bible calls dead works. I used to think dead works were bad things, but actually dead works can look very, very good, very commendable, but they're not what God's giving us to do. So being led by the Spirit is very, very key. We can, of course, end up being weighed down by this world's view by logical thinking. But we need to understand that the Bible says in the same way as we receive Christ, we're continue, we are to continue to walk in that same way. Well, we receive Christ by revelation. It wasn't, we didn't kind of study the Bible or get into some kind of intellectual understanding or put together the different um, aspects of faith as that was some mental exercise, we came in to the relationship with Christ because we're born again of the Spirit of God. We're born again of incorruptible seed. It's something that he did. And it's in the same thing. We receive the gospel of of Christ by revelation um, into our spirit. We see this in Galatians 1 and 2. There's, There's nothing in me, including my senses, that can help. Only God himself. That's why we quote the scripture. That's why we know the scripture. I can do nothing. I can do all things through Christ, but in myself I can do nothing. On the other hand, let's think about the results of being led by the Spirit. Let's look at the scripture. Here's a good one. Remember the story of Abraham and Isaac? Take your son and slay him on the altar. 
That's a fun one, isn't it? Yeah? Yeah. I mean, what are you going to do with the mind on that one? What are you going to do with the flesh on that one? It's, it's, it's very uncomfortable. Um, and God was testing Abraham that he could fulfill the role of being the father of the nations. Then in the New Testament, um, there's uh, in John chapter 11, the story of Jesus and uh, Lazarus, his friend, uh, close to, and he's died, and or he's sick, and he's, he got the, the sisters sent for him, uh, and he delays going. And then you've got the sisters, if only you'd have come when we asked you, uh, our brother wouldn't be dead now. He got all this stuff going on. And yet, he was only always doing the things which Father gave him to do. So he was following the plan of God. He was following what God wanted him to do. He was being directed by the Spirit of God. And of course then he comes in God's time, not at the mercy of the crisis, not driven about by every situation, but rather moving in peace and confidence, he comes in God's time and calls Lazarus forth. Results of being led by the Spirit. Well, that's some biblical things. The other day, um, Dawn was uh, not planning to go to visit her parents. You know, her parents are uh, ailing and need a lot of input. It wasn't the time she was due to go. And she's got this kind of, I don't know whether you call it a prompting. Um, now, I'm not supposed to go at this time, but I'm going to go. Only to find that the gas had been left on and that she was there in time to save some crisis taking place. And I think, hmm, I don't think I need a lot more adventure in my life. I don't need to go to Walton Towers or any of these other things. I think the adventure of living as led by the Spirit of God, seeing the person that we need to see, carrying the word that we need to carry, bringing that gift of healing that God has already ordained. So, I'll tell you another, another little story. Um, talk about mess your life up as you know it. Um, some years ago, we were serving in the church and doing the things that God gave us to do. And Dawn particularly had uh, um, this view that, you know, we needed to concentrate on the family and therefore keep that as a sort of, not a separate entity, but protect that area. And then one day, so she never wanted to have anybody live with us or anything like that. And one day... Uh, we were ministering to one of the uh, people in the church that was in need. And after they'd gone, Dawn said, God has said they should come and live with us. I mean, I nearly fell off my chair. I thought, dear, I mean, this is such a reversal. I mean, I, mean, I could have maybe come up with things like that, gone sort of slightly more crazy but but for her well what did that mean that meant a complete change not only for her 
But in much of what we were doing in terms of our lifestyle or family or what have you. See, it may not fit with our previous plan. It may not coincide with how we've seen how things should work out. But there is no better way than walking according to what God said. And of course, that opened, that, that kind of opened the dam. And we had all sorts of people live with us then uh, of strange and foreign natures over. I'll say no more about that. Where's else? Just come and tell us about um, Thursday, what you prayed. Have that <laughs> Elspeth was telling me about this yesterday or the day before. Um, on Thursday morning, I just had about five minutes at, Val- at um, Lifeline House before going over to Valence Park. And I had a really strong sense that God was nudging me to pray for his shalom peace over the day, that sense of well-being and just peace. And of course, uh, and about half an hour later, Teresa texted me and said, I'm praying for peace over the day as well. And um, of course, we got to um, very soon after we opened the gates and there was that huge long queue of people out onto Beckentree Avenue and there was quite a lot of aggression in the queue but actually on site, it was quite peaceful. And we had um, a bit of a conflab, John and Hans and I, and decided to let everybody in. It was way over the capacity of the site that we'd been given. But at the end of the day, the police came to find me, and they said that was a really good decision to let everybody in because it gave everybody a place to kind of vent their aggression from being in the queue, Um, And then they all calmed down, and there was a very clear sense of calm. And Anthony phoned me on Friday morning. He's headed up the community engagement team. And one of the first things he said to me um, from the feedback that his team had got was that people had said how peaceful the day was. You see that God sometimes leads us to pray and it becomes a triggering mechanism. There's no logic to it. Why doesn't God just do what he's going to do anyway? There is no logic in prayer. But our little minds are not equipped to understand that. So God can say, pray this, and it becomes the triggering mechanism for him to do what he ordains to do. We just have to be uh, ready and responsive to receive that. Okay, here's a little illustration about being led by the Spirit. So, uh, let's, Mike, come, come up here. Mike, Mike's a, a nice guy. Mike's just standing up here minding his own business. And then we, we've, got, we've got Augusto, who, who's sitting over here, I asked him if he wanted to come out the front. He said no. Um, just sit up there. Now, Augusto is, is very upset. Um, he realizes he's not as good at football as I am. And there's different things that have made him very sad. So, so, so he's really crying. 
he's very, he's very upset. Now, Michael sees, sees him there and he thinks, oh, maybe I should go and comfort him, put my, put my arm around him, because he's really crying. But there's something in Michael that's saying, oh, but it would look weird. He's a man, I'm a man. Men don't hug and comfort each other, particularly Peruvians. It's just, it's just strange. <laughs> but Mike, Michael has asked to be led by the Spirit, which is going to be represented by Ben in this situation. Ben. So Ben, come, come stand, up, stand up here. When, maybe you should, you're not, you're not that gymnastic, really, are you? Athletic, there you go. Come stand behind Michael. Now, when we invite the Holy Spirit to come and lead us, it, it actually gives us, um, do, do you know Wolverine? Anyone know Wolverine? What's the metal that he has put inside him? Adam, Adam Antium. Strange. But the idea is it turned his bones into metal. It, it gave him a, a strength. And so when the Holy Spirit comes and joins us, look at you guys, you're wearing the same stuff. So it's almost like we have, when we're led by the Spirit, we're actually asking the Spirit to come and be duct taped to us. <laughs> Realize if it was weird enough to hug a guy, then what's going on? Okay, so now when, when Mike gets that prompting and he's thinking before, Oh, but, but I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I want to comfort the crying Augusto. There we go. He, he's not very good at staying in character. So when he's crying, there's now something else that gives an extra little oomph to that decision. So when he's hesitant, the Holy Spirit inside him actually leads him to do the thing that... <laughs> and he comforts him because the Spirit is leading him and empowering him. Okay, thank you very much. kind of first requirement is that willingness to set aside the, the what we call usual living, um, normal behaviour, um, cultural um, preferences or restrictions in order to, above everything else, uh, respond to what God's giving us to do. Uh, as we said, laying aside... Uh, living that's based on just what we think or what we feel or what is comfortable for us uh, in order to uh, bring us to a place where we're cooperating, submitting to, um, being led by God, uh, where we might exchange our comfort for what makes him comfortable. So... What could that look like, making him comfortable as opposed to me? Let me let's have Dan. Dan, come, come be the Holy Spirit for me. So, I, lo- I love Dan, I love the Holy Spirit, and I, and I really want to, to make him comfortable. So I've got to make some decisions in my life to, to, to give him comfort. So I'm going to decide. I know it makes him comfortable if, if I forgive. So I know that person. Come, come, come lay down here. Let's, let's make the Holy Spirit comfortable. I know when I choose to forgive that person for being mean to me, that, that is making the, the Holy Spirit comfortable. I might even decide, okay, 
I know it makes the, the Holy Spirit comfortable when I choose to speak the truth in love. So I will actually say to Nathan, your hair looks terrible. Even though it's going to hurt him, I know that that's truth in love. So I want to make the Holy Spirit even more comfortable. Now just, just relax in there. Okay. And, and then, I, then I think, okay, right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sacrifice some of my time. And I'm, I'm going to go train spotting with my dad because that's what he really enjoys. And I don't want to have to get up early in the morning and it's cold and it's miserable and it's boring. But that's what he likes. And I know that it will make the Holy Spirit comfortable. So let's put that under the Holy Spirit's backside. And, and then there's times in my life where I can focus on what I've done, what I've achieved. But... That actually isn't making the spirit comfortable because what I've achieved isn't worth anything compared to what he's done for me. It's what what he's done in my life that's given me success. And so I can choose to say, God, I'm worthy because of what you've done, not because what I've done. So I know that makes him comfortable as well. But I can end up kind of living the way that I would normally live. And the way that I would normally live is not like that. So sometimes I think, well, to be honest, I really do think I'm very good at everything that I do. And, and when I try and lay down without that, I, I just feel uncomfortable. So you know what? I, I, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good at everything I do. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have that. And you know what? The thought of getting up and looking at trains and having Dad tell me what engine number they are I, I just can't, I can't, I can't be done with that. I can't be done with that. I just, oh, that's a bit more comfortable. Okay, no, no, that's better. And, and to, to be honest, if I was to tell Nathan about, about his hair, I mean, he'd probably cry again. And <laughs> it, it, he just, he scrunches up his face when he cries and I just feel awkward about it. So I think, I don't, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to do that. And, and. You know, when that person said those things to me, that was really hurtful. I, I, I'll forgive them, yeah, sure, but I just don't want to be around them. And maybe if they apologize, I'll forgive them then, or maybe if they, they change a lot. So I don't, I don't think I'm going to be proactive in that kind of forgiveness thing. Ah, <laughs> oh, now that's more comfortable. I think we're both happy with that. So the question is, of course, who are we going to make comfortable? And I know that, in theory, it's a very easy answer, but uh, in practice, it requires the same thing that it always requires, say no to me and yes to God. So, given the position, given what we're seeing as a, uh, an unfolding opportunity in the plan of God, particularly in this season... Uh, but as a general thing, uh, the key thing now is to how do we get in, in tune with the Holy Spirit? How do we pick up? How do we get into that place where we can actually uh, be led of the Spirit because we're tuned in to what he is saying? So that when something comes up about what should I give or who should I call, I have that 
that certainty of knowing that God is, is actually speaking. So I want to run through a few points. Um, what is required in order to help us be led of the Spirit? Well, of course, number one, <clears throat> excuse me, which we've already just touched on, is surrendering to the Lordship of Christ uh, and have nothing which in any way hinders our fellowship with him. Because uh, there's no doubt about it that any sin is a, a real and serious barrier uh, to being in tune with, with the Spirit of God and hearing what he's got to say. Then, of course, the actual issue of, of hearing God um, actually means we have to give him a chance to speak. If you're ever in a situation where you've got a very, very ready response, you know what you feel you want to say or what you feel you want to do or what protest you want to make in a given situation, well, that kind of just hesitating. You know you get that email which makes you want to kind of reply back very quickly, um, just a kind of snippy email and then make a snippy response. That just holding back, uh, just stopping long enough to hear what God wants so that we're led by the Spirit of God and uh, to be able to ask, what is he leading, what is, what is leading me in this situation? Is it my body? Is it my soul? Is it my spirit? So we've already established that walking in the Spirit should be the normal thing for Christians. It's not just for special people, it's for everybody. Um, and it requires that, that basis of faith, not feelings, not experience, not works. And it's, it's a fun thing. Because when we're interacting with one another or listening to situations, maybe in the office or maybe at school, it is part of our inheritance, and we should listen, not listen just in order to answer, but listen so that we're actually hearing. But we should also have that ear that is tuned in to the Spirit of God so that you're listening and at a given point, instead of responding to the presented issue, presented problem, God directs you into something completely different. And it looks odd. It doesn't seem to make sense, but it is God unlocking things, showing something which is, which is quite different. And uh, if you're seeking and desiring to be involved in being led of the Spirit and serving people, that listening to what God is saying and being willing not just to answer a question or pursue the particular issue that's being raised... But almost it would look like going off at a tangent. When this happens to me, I lose interest in that particular, whatever the subject is, because I've just heard something which is far more important, because I know where it's come from. And it takes us into the pathway of resolve, not just chewing over a particular situation. Now... Notice we said being led by the Spirit of God. We don't talk about um, separating body, soul, and spirit. You know, when God speaks, there's, a, there's an excitement, there's a joy, or there's a concern. 
oh Lord, have I got to do this or say that? I, I mean, being led by the Spirit does not require to be sort of disembodied. Uh, we're still ordinary people. We're not sort of floating in a kind of weird place. We're just those that are given over to receive his leading. Always looking. Um, I like to use the phrase moving with the smile of God's approval. You know? Those of you who got kids or had kids, you know the difference between, uh, you know, you don't say anything, but you just, you, the kids pick up, you just smile, and you, they know it's okay. And they see the other look, and they know it's not okay. You know, so um, I think, you know, God doesn't always lay out a thesis, but we just pick up that sense of, of peace. It's good and right with him. Next, we recognize that the Bible speaks about being sons, not servants, but therefore those who could imagine to be informed, to be willing, and not, not operating out of what reward will I get, or um, if I don't do this, I will be punished. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a, a walking with him where we're not dependent on rewards or threats or punishments. We're seeking to, to please him, but we're also seeking to walk in that exciting way of being led by the Spirit. And of course, we don't ever want the thing to be contaminated by um, prestige or status. If I do this, uh, it will get me noticed or give me some status. Then, of course, you get to this, I've already touched on this, I want to come back on it again, where the mind has to be subservient to the spirit. Where the normal, reasonable, intellectual, uh, worked-out approach um, or response or giving or calling, whatever it may be, becomes um, less than, not predominant over what God is saying. When I was thinking about this, my mind went back to when we, when we were buying our house. Um, and uh, we'd agreed to buy it just before we were going to be away uh, in the States for a period of time, about three months. And we didn't have the money for it. And... Um, if you come to me and ask for counsel, ask for help, and you say, I'm buying this house and I haven't got the money for it, I will say to you, don't buy it then. Mm -hmm. Generally, you don't do things like that. But anyway, what Dawn and I agreed, we said, all right, here we are away, and uh, it, it was, you know before cell phones and things like that. There was a time before that, you know. Um, and uh, we were communicating here. What we said, look, uh, it would be completely wrong, not only irresponsible but wrong, when it comes to that point of signing contracts, that if we haven't got the money then, that we have to say, no, we can't do this. So the day came... And we had to sign the contracts. And we said to one another, 
this is really strange. Because I feel we should go ahead with it. But we haven't got the money. Yes, we feel we should go ahead with it. And at that point in time, it was, and I'm not commending this, it was irresponsible, probably illegal. Um, <laughs> I don't know what trouble it would have got us into. Uh, but we had that overriding sense. Um, and uh, that's where we are, and that's where we've been for coming up for 30 years. So... Um, it just came back to mind, there are times when the leading of the spirit becomes more critical than the, what the mind would tell us. Practice makes perfect. There's no scripture for that. Um, well, there might be, but if there is, I don't know what it is. Um, but it does, it, it, it does work as we practice. And you know, the, God is so good, he often gives us opportunity in the normal course of life before he tells us to go and buy a house that we haven't got the money for, that we've learned, we learn something. And it's in the little things, how to respond, how to react, how to reach out. I come into the meeting place. I don't normally speak to Neil Jakes, but I feel I should go and speak to him. And I'm just, Now, it's not going to make a big deal whether you do or don't. But it's learning to be responsive to what God is saying. And of course, if you learn to walk normally by the Spirit, uh, by the Spirit's leading, then you're in a much better place for that special occasion when God wants to direct you, you know, um, and experience the kind of uh, radical and the extreme you know when you're in the boat and you decide you want to walk on water and you hear the word okay come that's a bit special you know it's not doesn't happen on a regular basis but here we are two two thousand years later still talking about it so abiding in him knowing his word uh, expecting to know the right and wrong way with his word presiding over our minds that's a, that's a standard way of living, that we can attest things against the truth of his word. We mustn't undermine the importance of praying in tongues, um, which is uh, given a gift given to us uh, for our edification and for our communication spirit to spirit when we're not in that place of being able to, to really... Uh, express things in words when we want to glorify God in that way. Uh, something that we probably all would do better to uh, practice and engage in more. Then the importance of keeping company with people of spirit and faith, uh, people who dare to believe God, people who are ready to respond to what God is saying and doing. The Bible says that if you walk with the wise, you become wise. Very, very key. Um, and of course, as we were just mentioning about Peter, uh, if, um, see, as we're led by the Spirit of God, the things that we believe for, we end up getting, we end up going in. If God begins to stir in us 
a desire, let's say, to, uh, to serve the body with the gift of prophecy. Well, if we believe that and receive that, it's not long before God begins to drop something into us to bless the body or to bless a part of the body. It's responding again to the Spirit of God and remembering that uh, never to believe the devil, even when the devil appears to be telling the truth because he's a liar from the beginning. All right, let's quickly look at um, obstacles to being led by the Spirit. Uh, If we haven't had a pattern of doing that, if we've been sensitized to the natural rather than the spiritual, um, if the constraints upon us don't allow that. Let, let me use, i would not asked permission of this, but I'm going to do it anyway, live dangerously. Um, Rachel uh, began to get really stirred to pray for her father. It was a little while ago. Um, father had a bad leg and... When she stopped to thought about it, the nature of their relationship had never been that, uh, of that that they would would step in and pray, and yet this this sense that she should do that just stuck with her. Now, what it meant was going against the kind of norm of what she'd expected and the way they'd been and the nature of how they'd related, and breaking through that. And, of course, it comes to the point where she prays for her father and she sees her father's leg get healed. And, but it, it required a submission to that prompting of the Holy Spirit and a taking up of what God wanted. Um, we have to, uh, of course, sacrifice the idea of, well, um, I, I'll do what I want when I want, um, I'll do it my way doesn't really fit in with this at all. In fact, it's the very opposite. So the Spirit of God will lead us to visit, to reach out, to speak to somebody, maybe walk up to somebody in the street or stop and help somebody. I mean, all these sort of things tell us when to speak about the love of God to somebody. It's about being in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Of course, he's the senior partner. But it's, a vital, it's vital to be led of the Spirit of God if we're going to be part of that ongoing uh, miracle ministry of Jesus, that supernatural uh, life which he has purchased for us. Then we have to be led of the Spirit of God. So... That's all I've got to say. It's over to you now. Here's the question. I said it at the beginning. Anybody up to take that leap of faith with me today? Will you choose to hear and respond to God's promptings so that everyday living is turned into an adventure? Will you risk inviting God to kind of flip your life? Are you up for seeing a whole new world 
without exactly the magic carpet, but with God the Holy Spirit leading us. Huh? Anybody up for that? Okay. If you really want to risk that, if you really want to say, I want to be led by the Spirit of God, I understand, yeah, there's some price to pay, there's some cost involved, uh, but I'm choosing this day, in this broad place, not to live in comfort and build some tabernacle in the centre, but to live out on the edge, on the boundary, and reach out in the purpose of God and see what God will do. I invite you, if you are open to take that leap of faith, to stand with me right now. Be careful, because God might take you at your word. So, Lord, as we stand before you and offer ourselves to you, we expect that you will take us at our word, and we're utterly convinced that you will fulfill your word. And so, Lord, in these coming days, we ask that you would lead us by your spirit in this exciting walk, in this challenging walk, in this kind of new world that we might discover, whether for the first time or all over again, what it is to live in that supernatural lifestyle under your leadership and by your power in the name of Jesus.